Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 124 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Rod Giltaka. Thanks for joining me again today on the podcast. This is another massive episode. I know I've been saying that every episode uh, lately, but it is because there's so much going on for gun owners and there's so much to uh, to keep informed of and to, uh, to talk to you about. So anyway, I'm going to bring on Tracy to talk about a lot of things, but I have actually quite a few things to talk to you about before that. Uh, before we get started, let's thank our sponsors. A big thank you to our friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com. And if you're in the market for firearms, ammunition, cold weather gear, maybe even airsoft, you name it, you will find it all through our friends at North Pro Sports. So make sure you check them out at northprosports.com. That's northprosports.com. And of course, Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast and providing great products. You can check all that out at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And to our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, for hunters, for shooters. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. All right, so I've got a lot of stuff to, to cover with you, so let's get started right away. So I guess one of the biggest pieces of news is the uh, the handgun import ban that the Liberals have decided to do. And basically what that is, I'm sure you've heard of it, but anyway, just for those who haven't, the Liberals have uh, scurried out of their holes to put a stop to the import of handguns. So basically they said, hey, well, there's going to be a freeze on handgun registrations. Nobody will be able to to transfer a restricted, well, uh, handgun, restricted handgun uh, in Canada. And that effectively freezes the market forever. And you have grandfathering. We're not going to take your guns, conspiracy theorist. Um, and, uh, and so of course everybody's and and the, you know, there's a span of like two and a half months that we had to move whatever guns we needed to move wherever they needed to move to. So for, for example, I need to transfer a couple of guns to my daughter because she has an RPAL and she likes to shoot handguns. I want to make sure I do that before, uh, the deadline happens before this OIC comes in. And we had till about the middle of September. So of course everybody's buying up all the handguns because that'll, it's the last time they'll have be able to do that at least if for as long as this government is in power and so that's completely and and remember where those handguns are going they're going to licensed gun owners to be shot at approved shooting range the way they have been for like a hundred years in canada but that's just too much for the liberals they just cannot allow that to happen right this is just like no way so now they've scurried out of their holes to to put a freeze on import permits for handguns and that will happen within two weeks so um all of the i guess retailers or distributors that had open orders that were on the way they'll get into the country and that's it you know they'll hopefully get the firearms that they're committed to buying into the country so that they can resell them to licensed gun owners so they're not stuck with them and then now that's it too so um anyway they just don't want to give an inch to all these law-abiding people right what does that do for criminals like it doesn't affect them at all 
criminals, if they don't watch the news, they're not even aware of any of this stuff's going to happen and it's not going to affect any of their operations in the future. But anyway, whatever. We all know that. I'm telling you stuff you already know. But all the, the, the handgun ban and then the ridiculous price list for the gun buyback that's that's no further along than it was two years ago. They come out with this price list for the gun buyback. And uh, between those two things, um, Tracy and I have done probably 15 or 20 interviews in the last couple of weeks. So it's been really busy on top of everything else that we've been doing, uh, which I'm going to tell you about all that stuff uh, throughout the podcast. Um, but anyway, it's pretty funny. That's kept us pretty busy. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about the handgun import freeze with Tracy, but uh, the only things I want to talk to you about is all the interviews that I'd been doing, um, even the BBC and City TV and Globe and Mail and lots of radio show interviews and all the rest of that stuff, uh, which is a great thing for us as gun owners because at least we don't get the amount of coverage. We get about one-tenth the coverage that anti-gun people get, um, but at least at, at, at some point, Canadians are hearing the other side of the story. Okay, and that's really important, you know. So uh, we still have that available to us. The other thing I want to mention is there was a um, there was an interview with a guy named Ju uh, Ju Young Lee, I believe. And Ju Young, he's been around for a while, and I think I think about three or four years, maybe. And so when he first showed up, he was echoing all the anti-gun talking points. He's a professor, I think, at the University of Toronto. Just forgive me if I've got that wrong, but anyway. Um, and it was kind of this, the same thing you see, you know, I think he's a criminologist or a sociologist or something. And, um, over the last couple of years, I think, and I'm only speculating, I love to, I'd love to chat with you young because he seems like a, like an honest guy. And I like honest people. I like honest, um, uh, intelligent, thoughtful people. So anyway, I've seen kind of this, uh, this, um, uh, I don't know what the word, this evolution, and I think maybe is he started commenting on guns, probably recognized that he's not an expert on firearm related issues and started really looking into it. That's the only what I'm this, I'm just speculating here. And as he's, it seems like as he's looked into it more, had more time to absorb these things and hear both sides and really kind of be honest about the topic. He's, he's come around to being like, well, these gun bans don't do anything to stop criminal activity with guns. People that would otherwise murder someone or intimidate them with a firearm typically aren't people that have a firearms license. And he's saying so himself on mainstream media and really focusing on root causes and border issues and all of these kinds of things. And I just find that fascinating because every once in a while uh, from the anti-gun side, you'll find some, you'll find people. And I've seen this with surviving family members from people that have been shot they start to get they start to focus on what the real issues are and start looking at all the information available and then they start going mm, maybe my attitude actually belongs over here with the honest side of the debate and so i think the reason i'm bringing it up is in our business we call people out all the time for negative things and very rarely do we call them out for being honest and 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 for the you know for the good side of things and i just wanted to make a mention of that and i really appreciate people especially you know, educators or intellectuals coming out and 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 being honest, not only with Canadians, but being honest with themselves. Because what you do see, and I'm going to stop talking about this in a second. I'm sure you guys are all bored of this, but um, what you do see all the time is the the um, ideologically driven anti-gun people. They're dishonest, not so much like there's a dishonest with everyone, but they're dishonest with themselves because they hold on to that ideology. They're like, I'm going to make this 
correct. I'm going to make this true if I need to because I don't identify with gun owners. I don't identify with the rest of this stuff. And I fought against it so long. I don't care if I'm wrong. I just can't be viewed as wrong. I think that's that plays a big role. And again, I'm just speculating because what happens, I just want to give you uh, an example about this, of this is you have people like Justin Trudeau and Bill Blair of all just abhorrent people and Marco Mendicino of all weak people just pleasing a master. And all of these other folks, they will say things that you know are patently false while at the same time they, they're they like, oh, we got to put a stop to, we got to use government force to put a stop to all this misinformation. And then they say things that are completely false, right? Bill Blair lied to, about me right to my face. If you remember, I called him out on that in the infamous Bill Blair video. These people are pathological liars while they call everyone else liars, right? So hypocritical, pathological, congenital liars, I guess. I have to string all those together. So it's a new term uh, just now. Um, but anyway, they'll they'll say things that you know are untrue. Like there's no there's no purpose for an AR-15 has no use and no place in Canada. It's like absolutely it has a use in places for sports shooting. A hundred thousand people own these guns, just under a hundred thousand, and that's all they use them for. And you see, we did TV shows on that stuff. It's the only actual real purpose that we have for AR-15s in Canada. You know, they're what they call a legitimate purpose. They're being used for sports shooting all the time, handguns all the time. And they're like, nope, there's only one reason that these these things exist is to kill people. It's like, well, I that's completely untrue. So anyway, they do these kinds of things all the time, right? It's just tell you things that are patently false and you have to sort it out for yourself. So I just really appreciate it when people uh, take the time to be honest, not only with Canadians, but honest with themselves. So congratulations, uh, Ju Young Lee, for that. I, I I appreciate it just speaking from my own perspective. Anyway, um, next thing. Uh, when this uh, freeze, uh, the import freeze happened, we commissioned, uh, and that costs money. Everything we do costs money. We commissioned our legal team in Toronto over at Relaw to look into a, uh, a court injunction, an actual legal injunction against the government to not have them uh, deny permits for handguns into Canada. And they've been going back and forth with our general counsel, Mike Loberg, uh, looking at that. It doesn't look like it doesn't look good for that. So I just want to let you know that when stuff like this happens, we are on it the same day and we are looking at lawsuits. We look at injunctions. We look at public relations projects. We look at, you know, all, all every, every opportunity that we can create to oppose the government on these things, we do it immediately. So there's been a back and forth actually all weekend on whether or not uh, an injunction is feasible and it doesn't look like it is in this situation because the government has full control in what they what people can import or export out of Canada. Um, and so it's not, it's very different than what they did with the OIC for the gun ban, uh, the May 1st, 2020 gun ban. It's very different than a lot of other things they've done. So it doesn't look good, but I just wanted to let you know we were there. We paid for a legal opinion and um, and I don't think that's on the table. Now, it's not over yet. There's still a few ideas they're kicking back and forth, but it might be, it might not be worth it. So anyway, just, just to let you know, we are on top of all that stuff all the time. Uh, also, there's something else the CCFR did for its members and anyone that pays attention to our content is our social media manager, Brandon, uh, created two very long videos. I think they're an hour or two each. One was Chris Leather's uh, testimony and the other was the uh, SECU hearings in the House. 
and you'll find these videos on, did I put them in on Rumble? I'm not sure, but you'll find them on YouTube and then links to all those everywhere else. And basically what we did was we did these videos for all of you. So you had references and for us as well, I guess. But so you had references of all the salient points to these very long hearings. So why is that important? It's important because every single one of you is an agent of change, right? You can chat with people, you can inform people, you can debate with people if you have to, but you're out there talking about these things to other people because we, we don't have a platform like the mainstream media at our disposal where we can have opinion shows and all these things out there and, and really give the public all the information that they need. We do it piecemeal here and there as we possibly can. We work as hard as we can with the small team we have, but we don't have a megaphone the way that anti-gun people do. They get about 10 times. We get about one-tenth what the coverage in the mainstream media that they do. So anyway, you have these videos. They're fully indexed. So thank you to Brandon for doing all that hard work so that if you can say, if you say to someone, hey, you know, Chris Leather said this or Darren Campbell said that or Brenda Lucky said this and people go, yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. And be like, oh, no, no, no. They said it. Here's the link. You know, I'll show you right now. Take two seconds because it's indexed. So anyway, those are tools for you to both know what's going on and also to arm you, make you a, a more informed gun owner so that you can engage in your own advocacy on your own time as well. So anyway, those are here on the YouTube channel if you want to check that out. I also had my friend Nate who uh, runs the channel, owns and runs the channel Canadian Prepper. You may have seen that on YouTube. He has a really big audience and I've known Nate for quite some time. I did some training with him. He came uh, came from Saskatchewan uh, to BC to do some training. We did some videos way back in the day. He came back to BC and we got together for some interview stuff. And uh, those two videos are up now. I'll put a link in the description box so you can check that out. Now, the first one is about an hour long. And normally I don't watch my own stuff uh, because I was there when it was produced and I just don't have the time to sit and watch all the stuff, nor do I really want to because I'm sick of listening to myself talk, right? I got other things to do. Um, but my wife wanted to watch it, so we watched it together. Now, it was actually an interesting conversation. It was far more granular, like in-depth, more detailed conversation about a lot of these issues. And I actually thought it, it was useful. And a lot of people, there's a lot of comments. Half, about half of Nate's audience is American, but half are Canadian. And I think it's actually quite interesting to watch. So anyway, you can check that out and give uh, Nate some of your support as well by watching his videos. Um, and just so you know, everything that we do at the CCFR, there's a reason for it. And the reason that I did that, took that time to do those videos with Nate um, is because we're constantly trying to increase our audience. We're increasing our political voting block, um, our politically uh, active um, community, right? So all of those people, if they're like, you know what, I've had enough too. I'm going to do something. I'm going to go to a range day or I'm going to uh, volunteer for an MP when the election comes around. I'm going to do this or that. You know, we need people to do that. We need people to get interested. And we also need people to support the CCFR. So that's an opportunity in itself. And that's why we do stuff like that. Um, and uh, one more thing I want to mention, well, really two more things, but one more uh, uh, current event related. I, I'm going to talk to, when, when Tracy comes on, I'm going to talk to her about this. But basically, every once in a while, I look at what we've, what did we, I ask myself the question, what did we do this month? What did we do in the last 30 days uh, for our members? Because they support us and we owe you that work back. We owe you to, to create um, projects 
that are going to slow the government down or discredit them when they're when they treat us badly or shed light on the on their malfeasance or you know uh, uh, oppose them during an election. Like what did we what did we do to support our cause in the last thirty days? And I actually started writing things down just because I want to know that because a lot of times when people go, well, "What do you guys do at the CCFR? Why am I supporting you?" I'm like, "Oh well." Geez, where do I start? Because it's a long conversation. So I always like to kind of just always kind of figure out what we did in the last 30, 60 days, maybe, right? I started writing things down and it was a lot of stuff. So, you know, for 30 days, uh, it was pretty interesting. So I'm going to share that list with you when I bring Tracy on in a second. And just before I do that, um, I want to just remind you, time is running out. We got, what, about two more weeks left for the, uh, the Ultimate Choice 2022 contest. So if you want to donate $25 or more increments of $25 to the CCFR to help us continue to do these things, get legal opinions on injunctions, sue the government, participate in elections, do television shows, all the rest of that stuff. If you want us to continue to do that, um, you can also get entered into a free draw for eight different um, shopping sprees. So a $10,000 shopping spree, two $5,000 ones, and five $1,000 shopping sprees at any of our participating retailers. So really, really great prizes. Don't forget, you only got about two weeks left, and uh, the money goes to doing all this stuff. So I really appreciate your support. That's what I wanted to mention, and let's bring Tracy on right now. All right, on the Skype, I've got Tracy Wilson of the CCFR. Uh, Wilson? <laughs> That's nationwide now. Is it? Yeah, it is everywhere I go, literally across the country. That's what I hear everywhere. Yeah. Well said. Well, it's 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 such a it's just such a brilliant thing. It's just really catching on. <laughs> well said. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna start putting it on all my shirts. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, cool. So uh, we've got a lot of stuff to go through, and we obviously want to uh, do it as quickly as possible. So let's get started. So the first thing uh, we want to talk about is you've been on this relentless tour across all over Eastern Canada to support the shooting sports, which is something that we do at the CCFR. So give us kind of the uh, the Coles Notes version of your tour in the last couple of weeks. Well, you are right. I spent the last two weeks touring all over the East Coast uh, of Canada. I actually did 4,897 kilometers, so doing my part. And um, it started off actually in beautiful Halifax, Nova Scotia at Ipsic Nationals. Now, of course, this is the handgun championships. Over 400 of Canada's best handgun shooters. Uh, it was great. People from every single province. Big shout out to our buddy Tuna, who won the big prize. And just an all-around great event. And it it was cool to get out and support the, the handgun people. And, of course, they love us right back. So that was a lot of fun. From there, I continued on through to St. John, New Brunswick, and had a stop at Fundy Shooting Sports. This is a great range. They've got a beautiful view of the ocean and the Bay of Fundy. Uh, we shot a bunch of clays up there and some exploding clays, which was really cool. That was my first time. And they were telling me that when they had their national range day uh, back in June, they used it as a fundraising event and they ended up raising $2,500, which they decided the best thing to do with that is to, of course, give it to the CCFR for the legal challenge. So huge shout out to them. That was really, really cool. From there, I took a couple personal days as well, but I also swung up and saw the gun dealer, uh, Justin and Ross Faulkner in McAdam, New Brunswick. We did a funny video that I, I put up, you know, Justin was talking about the 
the idea of the handgun freeze is to close the market on handguns in Canada. And he showed me the great wall of handguns who already have their uh, transfers initiated. So we had a little bit of a laugh about that and a great visit with those guys. Um, and then, of course, I ended off at Woodstock at the Pistol and Rifle Club there. Shout out to Jeff Young and Mirabel. They held their second annual Ladies Range Day. I went last year and it was a total success. We had a blast. I went back this year. They increased the numbers to 104 women. I thought we'd be there until midnight, but they ran such a perfect, well-oiled machine that we got all the ladies through. Beautiful catered lunch, gorgeous sunny day, tons of smiles. We had a blast. And then I am home now, but I will be on Sunday in Windsor, Ontario at the General Golf uh, General Gun Golf Tournament. So they're holding a golf tournament in support of the CCFR. I've never golfed in my life, but I'm going to go down and, and give it a try and see how it goes. And then, uh, of course, straight back to Ottawa to prepare for whatever comes next. So, yeah, big tour. That's quite a tour. And uh, I'm not <laughs> going to comment on all that stuff, but I uh, okay. really appreciate all the support that we've gotten from IPSC and, and, um, and the Doing Ladies' Days the way that you described uh, what happened at Woodstock there, like that's really, really Crazy. important work. That's that's yeah. long game work, right? That's not yes. that's not going to stop anything right now. But if every if every range participated National Range Day um, and every range held these Ladies' Days and did them uh, the way that you're describing, like we would literally change the political atmosphere in the country yes. by doing that. Yes, so, exactly. Anyway, that's why we promote it so much and, and do so much work in that regard. Okay, TACOM is coming up in uh, less than, a, no, in about one month. Yeah, that's right. So September 9th, 10th, and 11th at International Center in Toronto. It is TACOM. Of course, it's been on a hiatus for a couple of years due to COVID. So this is our first year back. I don't know what things are going to look like, but I think it's never been more important to get out there and support this. This is exactly the kind of event that the liberals and their their fan clubs would like to see ended. They want to destroy our communities. So I think it's it's really important to get out there. You're coming out, which is fun because you haven't been out in a very long time. So it'll be great to get everyone together. Uh, so yeah, you can find all the information on how to get your tickets at tacom.ca. Yeah, I haven't been out of the out of the forest for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I think it's a great uh, um, a great idea if you're in the area or you can possibly get there. Get there, you know, uh, come and see us, commiserate with your fellow community members, uh, formulate uh, plans and, and ways for us to get this government out so we can stop this assault on on who we are and our identities. You know, it's uh, it's I think it's a good opportunity for us to get together again. Um, now, I spoke about the handgun ban. Uh, yeah. The import freeze or import ban or whatever you want to call it in the monologue. Uh, but just a couple of comments I know you wanted to make on the handgun uh, ban freeze import thing yourself. Yeah. So what they're using to implement this freeze on the imports of legal handguns is the Export and Import Permits Act. This is a piece of legislation that's typically used to control the export and import of dairy products like cheese and eggs. So uh, Minister of Global Affairs Melanie Jolie had this to say when she did the, pro, uh, the press conference with Marco Mendicino. She said, working with Marco, we came up with this idea of creating this new system of requiring permits. But meanwhile, we will deny all permits. <laughs> it's like, we're going to come up with this new system. This is how it's going to be and denied. 
Yeah. She's uh she's not a rocket surgeon if I've ever seen one. But <laughs> either is either is most of Justin Trudeau's cabinet or Justin Trudeau himself. I mean, obviously, if you pay any attention whatsoever, you can see these people are incredibly disastrously incompetent. But, you know, that's why they they trip over themselves all the time. It's it's a disaster. It really oh, is. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's it's really bad. That's why things are falling apart. You elect people like that and put them in positions of power, and that's why your country falls apart. And we're seeing it in real time. Anyway, I don't want to dwell too One much. One thing on I that. wanted to add to that too mm -hmm. is actually the RCMP have released numbers because I've always been curious. You know, we've got this run on guns they call it uh, since the announcement back in May that they were doing a national handgun freeze. Well, the numbers are out, and there's been over a hundred thousand handguns transfers initiated so that's you know maybe transferred between each other but also a lot of sales mostly sales i would say um so it, it's funny because they made the announcement they're going to do a, a national handgun freeze everybody goes crazy shopping and buys up all the handguns so now of course they're importing more to sell before the the freeze comes into play so now they make an announcement about a ban on imports but give it a two-week limit it doesn't come into effect until august 19th so I know I've spoken to a couple importers and they're scrambling to get more in the country. So I don't know. It's it's all theater at the end of the day because it's not going to have any effect on public safety. But it's just uh, funny watching this government flail around trying to figure out how to stopgap things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's a joke, but it's real. Yeah. Anyways, um, you know, funny thing is that um, every once in a while, probably every couple of months, um, I, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what we've done as an organization, like in the last two months or, or so, or even in the last month. Right. And that's, and that I think is really important to do in any business. It's a, like a business thing to just figure out whether or not you're achieving any goals and goals are, are difficult to achieve on this front because we can't control the government, right? All we can do is try to impede them, try to embarrass them, try to slow things down either through process or whatever. Um, but, I started writing down what we've done in the last like three weeks to a month. And cause I thought like, what did, what did I even accomplish? What did, what did Tracy accomplish? What did our team accomplish? And I mentioned a lot of these things, but I thought I just mentioned them all in a row just to, just to kind of remind ourselves and remind you guys what the reason why you support the CCFR, the reason why, when we say, you know, we work really hard um, for you, what does that mean in real terms? Right? Cause there's nothing worse. Am I right? Then people like, oh, we're doing all the heavy lifting and oh, we're doing this, we're doing that, and we're working hard to save your guns. It's like, well, what exactly? What exactly are you doing? Because that should be the question that anybody asks before they start giving anyone money for anything, not just firearm advocacy. So I thought I'd write this down. I'm just going to run through this list really quick because I thought we did really well, especially being a time when you and I are actually trying to take a few days off <laughs> before Parliament comes back. Um, Okay, so Tracy spent two weeks, a little bit more than two weeks, uh, driving all over Eastern Canada, uh, promoting the shooting sports. Like As you said, like 5,000 kilometers worth of mileage. Pretty awesome. Um, yep. I, as I mentioned in the monologue, um, commissioned our legal team that we have in Toronto, which is different than the one for the, um, for the legal challenge, to look into an injunction application for this uh, import ban, which I, as I said, the monologue doesn't look great, but you know, we investigated it and we made sure that we asked very competent people to, to do a, uh, a real analysis to see if there was something there. Cause if there's something there, we'll, we'll take the government to task yet again. And they know we yep. will. Um, 
We also did a ton of interviews. As I mentioned, I did the, the BBC and the Globe and Mail and a bunch of different ones and City TV and all that stuff. You did a whole bunch as well. Uh, probably mm-hmm. between the two of us, we did probably 15 interviews in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so we are getting those uh, those opportunities to tell our side of the story to the Canadian public. I did two hours worth of interview with Nate, the Canadian prepper. If you've seen um, the uh, YouTube channel, Canadian prepper, it's, he's got a really big audience. And um, I've known Nate for a while and it was really good. Uh, and it's it's just an opportunity to um, is just to reach more people, to get more people involved because we need a larger political block and we need more people to support this organization and to support other gun owners and take an interest in what's going on. Really important to do. We did three podcasts to keep everybody's everybody informed. We updated property justice with a, the transcript uh, for the cross-examination of Wendy Sukier and an updated um, uh, court schedule. Uh, we did our television show, uh, CCFR Radio on the air on WOW TV. We did our July update. So that's airing now as we speak. I did another television show for WOW TV called Wild Talk. It's a new kind of uh, television show that they're doing there. And of course, uh, last but not least, uh, our continued and relentless social media domination of anti-gun people and uh, and these crazed folks. So we, we do not let them rest uh, or spread their propaganda unanswered. And all that was in the last three or four weeks. So I think literally nobody sleeps around here. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, <clears throat> that's a lot. Yeah. And I think we're going to try to take a day off here and there so that we're uh, we can we can respond in, in September when things apparently ramp up more than they ramped up the last month or two. Uh, but I just want to let everybody know kind of in a nutshell, what exactly are you supporting? And that stuff, it's that it's that. So we continue to work ourselves to the limit to make sure that we're worthy of your support, I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now, something you and I talked about is uh, you've gotten a couple of messages. Our community is frustrated. I'm frustrated. I have to I have to do everything I can do to control my own frustration with what's going on, uh, because there are a lot of things that the CCFR can do for a lot of different reasons. This is a multifaceted fight. But at the end of the day, we can't stop the government from doing things that government does. So I just thought I'd let you give you an opportunity to tell uh, to talk about that message that you got. Yeah. So Adam came by this morning and he he was, you know, frustrated because he got an email from a very frustrated member. Um, and like, look, at the end of the day, I'm frustrated, too. I wish I could take your forty dollar membership and magically turn that into some kind of tool to stop Justin Trudeau. But that's it's it's not reasonable or possible. Um, and yeah, it does feel like the waves of attacks on gun owners are relentless and ongoing and will continue. And that's because they will, as long as we have this government. What we can do is we can make it difficult for them and complicate it. We can delay things and slow things. We can tangle them up in court. We can combat them in the public arena. We can uh, argue them in mainstream media and independent media. But no, ultimately, you know, we don't have the power to stop the government from doing their ideological measures that they they do anyways by circumventing parliamentary process. So, you know, it, it is super frustrating and angering. I'm a gun owner first before anything else. And I I feel it, too. And it's it is relentless. But you got to channel that you got to focus that instead of focusing it like, hey, I've got a membership, you know, why aren't you saving my guns? Well, we're, do- we're doing our damnedest to make sure that we do everything possible um, to slow it, make it more difficult, 
And that's really what we can do. What we need is a political solution. We need a new government. That's what we need. So as we work for towards that, um, you know, just have a little patience with each other because we're we we are literally in this together. We're we're all in it. So wow. I know the frustration is real out there. It's not that I don't feel it. I absolutely do. I'm a gun owner too. I'm also at risk of losing my stuff. So yeah, yeah. We we're we're gonna keep at it. We promised you we would do everything possible, and we meant it. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. I, and I I think it's really important for people to remember and uh, you know like i said I, and like you said we know you're frustrated we're frustrated too i'm getting my stuff taken too right yeah. and i'm in the you know i'm in sort of the driver's seat here right you're in sort of the driver's seat here so it's even more frustrating for us it's like we work ourselves to death to only have our, our stuff taken more right but mm -hmm. again at the end of the day there's only there's well there's one solution and one thing you got to do after is we we need to pave the way for positive change we need to get rid of this government. And once there's a, a government that's that's reasonable and really wants a safer Canada legitimately and doesn't want to just beat up on people that are unlikely to vote for them, like this corrupt, horrible government, you have to have an organization that's strong enough to support them in the changes that they want to make. And that's what we're doing. It's exactly what we're doing this whole time. So, yeah. and then when you get frustrated and you're like, well, why am I even a member? And it's like, well, all those things I just told you about. And think about the alternative. What is the alternative? What if there was no CCFR? What, are you going to do nothing? How fast do you think you would lose everything? They wouldn't have given us grandfathering. What have they got to fear from gun owners for not including grandfathering? Just lump those handguns in with the buyback and actually just roll the buyback in no matter how bad it is. They don't do these things because there's opposition. If there was no opposition, they just steamroll right over you. That's right. End of story, right? Like, you know, it's just, I think, I think it, you know, People get detached from reality based on their own view of the world at any given time, especially when you're frustrated. Like when you're angry, you have a hard time uh, expressing yourself. When you're angry, you have a hard time making rational decisions. We know that, right? If you've been in a car accident, you're under extreme survival stress, whatever, you can't think properly. So when you're, when you're frustrated, you're like, well, somebody's got to take my wrath. Why am I even doing, why do I even bother? And you throw your papers up in the air, right? It's like, well, you bother because you have to continue to oppose these people. And as I said in a previous video, you cannot ever let them make you give up. You cannot ever, ever. let them give you, give like have you give them your power. It's like, well, you just outlasted me. You know, I'm just too frustrated here. You can have everything. And that's really what you're doing when you turn on your own community and you're like, ah, forget it. It's just too hard. It's like, no, we will continue to fight these people right in and through the next election and then see where we're at there. Like we can't give up. There's no CCFR. Nope. You you wouldn't have handguns probably right now. I can't say that de definitively, and I would never do that. But just think about that for a second. Imagine there was no opposition whatsoever to any of this stuff. You know, the mainstream media is not going to help you, right? No. Like nobody's going to help you. So anyway, we got to keep up the fight, and we can't give up. We just have to keep opposing them with the with the non-governing public we have to oppose them on mainstream media. We have to oppose them with our own content. We have to educate people about you know, firearm ownership and why that's important. We got to just keep on going every single day. So anyway, I just, I thought that was worth mentioning, I guess. I think so. And they can't, they can't outlast us. There's no way. Well, no, um, they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to get my stuff easily. That's for sure. Yeah. So anyway, all right. Thanks for the update and uh, we'll see you soon. All right. See you soon. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Thanks, Tracy, for all your work. Thank you all for your support. Uh, last thing I'll say is 
you know, we, we had this conversation with Tracy and I just want to reiterate, and I said it before on other podcasts, don't give people your power. Don't just hand them the victory. Right. And, and I know that people, and I get messages like the ones that Tracy was describing too. people like, what are you guys doing? It's like, well, go to why join and read that list of what we're doing. We're doing so much stuff. And the majority of it, which is really interesting to me, the majority of it has never even been tried by a gun group in Canada before in the history of gun groups. Anyway, I know we're, we're all frustrated. I'm frustrated too. I have to make a conscious effort to not think about my situation as a gun owner um, on a daily basis. But if I let that stuff take over my life, I will not be effective. I will be combat ineffective. Okay. So don't give people your power. Don't let them win. We will have to oppose them at every turn and they will not be in power forever. Just don't forget that because it's uh, it can, if you think about these things for any length of time, it gets pretty dark. So anyway, thanks for your support. Last reminder, please, if you're going to donate to the CCFR, do it today. $25 gets you a free entry into the ultimate choice uh, 2022 contest. Great prizes, great cause. And uh, other than that, take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.